Hello and welcome to the Courage to Be podcast, where we explore how to raise your game, lean into discomfort and have more impact and purpose. I am your host, Sinead Millard. You know, it's so easy to be busy with the stuff, isn't it? Yeah. It is. And actually, I know from experience, from my role as an executive director mm. and doing this, I know how much it unlocked for me to be able to move big, complex programs across organisations, to be able to move them at pace by really understanding what the staff I served or the stakeholders I was working with, what they really were seeing through their eyes. Mm. It's very, very powerful, but you do have to be brave to do it because you might hear things that you don't like. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's conversation. I am super excited to share this one with you. I am joined by Monique Carriol, who is an award-winning, ambitious change maker and former executive director, who is now pursuing her purpose of building a movement of brave leaders so that, in Monique's words, together we can tackle society's fundamental needs. In this conversation today, you'll hear Monique share her leadership experience and insights, gained from starting as a PA in the NHS and navigating her way up to board level executive director role. Um, This one's a real gem. I will hand you over to the wonderful Monique. Monique, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me for the conversation today. It's a real pleasure. We're actually sitting in person, which is lovely, in a meeting room in Barnes. Yeah, it is really nice. So I was doing all my little, like a little, doing all my tech checks because it's actually been a while. Everything's been through the laptop. Um, so really excited f- um, for our conversation today, Monique. And before we begin, begin to explore your purpose, which is to build a movement of brave leaders um, and everything that goes around that, I'd love to go back a little bit in time and understand the inspiration behind that purpose um, and reflect on your career and work and what led you to care about mm-hmm. that particular purpose. Mm-hmm. That's a big question. It is. Um, <laughs> I think that... I know that I've got a different set of skills. I say it like that slowly because throughout my career, it's been about learning about those different sets of skills. But one thing I clocked on very early was that I knew how to influence people to change. And I realized that I reach people and connected with people as people, Mm. just as them before Mm. anything else. And I just realized that in my career that um, that unlocks so much. So why I care about it is because there's a lot of people, talented people out there who don't have the opportunity. They don't just step into a journey and, you know, your career just all flies and flows. It doesn't work like that. And sometimes if you're not, you've not got the right grounding, you haven't had the right start, you haven't got the right background, you've got the talent, but you just don't get those opportunities. And so for me, the, the, why I care about it is because I know if I can genuinely build a movement of brave leaders that people feel confident in leading bravely, then it will empower and it will make so much change in the world. And that sounds quite grand, but I honestly believe it. And I'm a person, you put up or you shut up. Mm-hmm. And I think if I honestly believe this, I need to take action to do my bit to make it happen. And that's mm-hmm. what fuels me. That's why I care about it. I just want that space for everybody to thrive. 
you know it would be mm. we would address so many of the issues in our world if we just all were able to thrive amazing and i think so in that you spoke about brave leaders and mm. um, so i want to understand a little bit more about your path and some of the leaders you've had and your leadership style mm -hmm. but let's just start to really engage i guess and in, in inspire the audience in terms of what brave leadership actually is yeah so one of the things about me i like to keep it simple okay good so i use the term brave um, and why i felt you know ooh, courage to be the title of your mm. podcast because brave is a word that i use it covers courageous leadership authentic leadership inclusive leadership compassionate collaborative they're all words that i think we're hearing a lot now mm. about the new age of leadership that's needed to deal with some of our challenges we've just we're living through a pandemic at the moment mm. and I think it's come up even more about the need to connect with people. So for me, brave leadership encompasses all of those, if you want to call them leadership approaches or leadership styles, but really it's about stepping outside of your comfort zone. You know, mm. I think being, we understand sometimes there's things that we should do, you know, or ways that we should behave. Maybe let me use that language. And we're scared to do it, you know, and I think being brave is, about being a brave leader is about doing things when it feels uncomfortable. Mm. You know, you might be the first person who, who does it. You might be the first person who makes the step forward. You might be the person who puts their hands up and says, that isn't right. Mm. You'll be the person who role models that behavior time and time and time again, you know, because mm. it's about that consistency. So I think I like to keep it simple. Mm. in that brave encompasses and mm. embodies all of those things for me. And can you reflect on your leadership journey mm. and to the point that you just made, can you remember or bring to mind a particular time where you had a choice to make in mm. terms of, do I do this thing <laughs> that feels quite difficult right now? Um, and if you can, could you talk us through that just to bring it to life a little? Yeah, I think the very first time I had that decision was when I was looking for my first job. Mm. You know, I was 15. Mm. Um, I remember I, I was 15 and three months. I can be precise yeah. about it because I remember yeah. you, you used to get your national insurance number. Right, and yeah. people used to say you have to have that to get a job. Yeah. And I remember thinking, no, you're allowed to work when you're 15 and three months. I'd learned that somewhere. Interesting. And I knew I wanted to earn my own money. My mum was a single parent. Um, things were hard. I just mm. wanted to have that independence, you know. And I remember I sat with the yellow pages. That's how long it was. I sat oh, with the yellow pages yeah. and I listed out all the retail ch shops I knew of. And I just phoned them. And I had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and I phoned them. And I knew that I had to go and look for that job on my own. I knew that I had to dress smartly. And I was really frightened, you know, like, but I was so determined to get a job. And I remember of, I rung hundreds of shops and I think it was three who said, come in and get an application form. And I got one of those jobs. And it just made me see that I understood then, sometimes you have to do something that nobody or very few people are willing to do. And you feel shaky and you feel scared, but. I got the job and I got a damn good job actually. I used to work in Russell and Bromley, a really nice <laughs> high end shoe shop. <laughs> yeah. But at the time, yeah. I didn't really care where it was. I was just so fixated and it just, I realized determination, you know, is a big part of bravery. And I realized, ah, oh, 
if I do this and if I work hard, this is going to unlock a lot of things for me. So always knowing that that sort of feeling of your belly turning yeah. is the way I would describe it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? When yeah. you're, you're pushing yourself that hard, I've always understood that if I want to get to the destination I'm trying to, that discomfort, the feeling in my mm. tummy is always going to be there. But that was my most probably my clearest experience of it linked to my career. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because we do talk about kind of that uncomfortable feeling mm. on the show every so often. And sometimes it can be as little as that. It can be that signal to take the right action at that yeah. particular time. And before we pressed record, I asked you a question that I now want to ask you again, because yeah. I think it brings up kind of part of what you're saying here as well, which is what would make this a really good conversation for you? Mm -hmm. And what have you, I guess, what's your week been like? Mm -hmm. and, and that theme and coming into today's conversation? Yeah, so I know we were touching on, I was saying that one of the things that I've, I don't think what I talk about is necessarily new. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't believe that. I think it's about how. And I think that when we talk about leadership development or, you know, developing leaders, whatever way you want to say, whichever way around developing talent, I think it's very easy to get into sort of theory or have these strap lines in it. We have these sayings, lead by example, you know, understand your people, mm -hmm. listen to understand, you know, be yourself. Oh, bring your authentic self to work. Yeah. That's the biggest one self. at the moment, right? <laughs> yeah. And actually, what does it really mean? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think something which has been resonating with me this week from conversations I've had is about actually there is a whole cohort of existing senior leaders with big responsibilities who are most probably struggling to be brave, you know, mm -hmm. and I think we need to talk more about how to be brave, not just be brave, not just be courageous, yeah. but actually how does this start to break down into practical insights? You know, that's the thing about me. I feel like I want to share more practical insight. I want to encourage more fantastic leaders to share their practical insights. Mm. It really does unlock things for people. Mm. You know, you can have theory. There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with theory. There's nothing wrong with academic knowledge. I don't critique that. Mm. But it doesn't necessarily automatically translate for people into how to take practical action, mm. you know, and or how to support people when they have that feeling in their tummy, mm. when they haven't done the right thing. Mm. You know, it's that bit of, that's really what's important. So that's been on my mind this week, mm. which has been um, kind of how to bring that to life and how to talk about that more, because mm. it's the bit that I think people don't talk about. So, so let's imagine for, for people listening, right? Yeah. Be they in senior leadership roles yeah. or not, they're a leader in some capacity, I would mm -hmm. imagine in their life. Can you give, how might they, if they're, let's just take senior leaders maybe, because mm -hmm. that's what you've spoken about and they're in their career. Any examples that they could play with or could help them? Because sometimes I hear people saying, well, I don't know if I'm being brave and what does brave look like? And could, could we share a few examples of what yeah. that might look like? Two, two things come to mind when you say that. One is about walking the talk. Mm. Because again, okay, a big thing at the moment is about resilience and self-care, you know, and people taking time to do that. And I think as a senior leader, you may have massive well-being initiatives in your organisation. Mm. You know, your, your, your HR team are pumping that all out and there's nothing wrong with that. But what are you doing? Mm. And are you talking about what you're doing? And are you showing up 
with what you're doing? Or are you being honest when you're not doing it? Mm. You know, we can say, and a, and a good example is that sort of emails, isn't it? We don't want to send emails out of hours. You know, don't do that. It's not the right thing to do. You get an email from your CEO at 5 to 12, you know, 5 to midnight. Mm. And you think it's a very simple example, but walking the talk is the, the easiest and most simplest way to empower your staff and to get your staff on board with something that you would like them to do. You do it and talk mm. about doing it and embody doing it or hold your hands up when you're not doing it. Mm. People will respect that. You know, people mm. will follow it. You're giving them the permission to do what you're saying, not just by your words, but by your actions, mm. you know? I think the other thing is the age-old listening to understand, you know? And when we say that, it's not that listen to understand, not to respond or defend, mm. because we tend to be in that space as a leader. We want to justify our behavioral action or initiative. So you, you want to maneuver that person's thoughts into where, you know, mm. you want them to see it your way. No, listen to understand, understand where they're coming from and how they're feeling and where they're at. It will give you so much insight into how and why they may not be coming on board with something. Or I'll go back to my wellbeing initiatives example. You've got a plethora of things available. People aren't taking them up or the people, the staff that you really, really want to support are not taking them up. Have you found out why? Mm. You know, so I just think that thing of going to speak to your people and not just a focus group of five people, mm. but going to speak to your people and understand how they're feeling and take it in. Michael West has a lovely way of describing it. He calls it listen with fascination. Mm. And I think that's so lovely, isn't yeah. it? it? It feels like when I say that word fascination, I feel like I want to sit back. Yeah, I just want to engage in that moment with you, you know, yeah. and really take it in. And even that act of listening, irrespective of whether you end up agreeing, is, is very soothing. I mean, essentially, that's as individuals, just to feel listened to Absolutely. for that five-minute conversation in itself is wonderful modelling as a leader. Yes, and um, having the courage to do that, having yeah. the bravery to go out there and spend some of your diary time doing that, you know? It's mm. so easy to be busy with the stuff, isn't it? Yeah. It is. And actually... I know from experience, from my role as an executive director mm. and doing this, I know how much it unlocked for me to be able to move big, complex programs across organisations, to be able to move them at pace by really understanding what the staff I served or the stakeholders I, work, I was working with, what they really were seeing through their eyes. Mm. It's very, very powerful, but you do have to be brave to do it because you might hear things that you don't like. Mm. and what was it about so taking yourself back to that role mm. was that something you learnt, or was that something that you intuitively knew inside I think it was something I had had always done but then it was pointed out to me mm, that's nice. so I think it leadership behaviors I've had I didn't know that they were having such an impact until I received feedback on you know from managers from senior staff from executives about why they wanted me on a piece of work, why they wanted me to go for a role. It was from the feedback that I understood. So I've, I've always been a person, I'm very chatty. I like to talk to people. Yeah. I like to understand things and I like to put things together. I like to create the roadmaps of things. So mm. something I always like to do, so I'd always talk to people to try and do it and I could do it quite quickly. But I didn't understand that that was how. You know, I, I knew what mm. I could do. I didn't understand my how. That's the way I would say it. I didn't understand my how. And it's through playback that I understood my how. 
Well, that's an interesting piece as well, because I guess who gave you that playback? Because there's a bit of gratitude there, I guess, when people do take the time to help you identify something. And where do you think that came from? I don't know, in terms of your childhood, um, a particular role model, was there something that in your life that instilled that value and importance of people? Yeah. So in my in my family, in my, the mom, my mum's side of the family, lots of strong women, mm. lots of women where you know big matriarch roles, house always busy, lots of people in the house, you know. So I've I've grown up in a space where looking after people having lots of people in the home, always having food to share with them, listening ears, advice. I've been in that space a lot. So, um, and I, when I was um, little, I was in a house full of adults. So mm. just getting, I just became used to seeing and hearing people talking, um, you know, sharing space and love, but advice, kind mm. of listening to someone, really taking it in and then giving advice. So I've always been that way. But I think it's because of the environment I grew up in and seeing the women, you know, my mum, my nan, my nan's sister, all embodying that behaviour. Mm. Which is really nice because I think it's nice for us to reflect back also yeah. on the lineage and yeah. see where these things have come from. And there's yeah. almost like a legacy that we're delivering. For sure, for sure. Um, if we look at kind of the, I guess, why brave leadership is perhaps challenging mm-hmm. in some circumstances, mm-hmm. Where do you think that comes from in terms of some of the fears around, like we, we spoke about earlier, it's almost like don't mistake, mistake my kindness for weakness. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I say honestly, Sinead, you know, brave leadership is not a walk in the park. Mm. It is hard. It's really hard. And, you know, when I was in my most senior role, I, it was really challenging at times. But I honestly believe it's the best way to lead and serve people, mm. you know? And I think that's why I talk about a movement so I won't miss your question, but that's why yeah, I talk about a movement yeah. because I think you need, it's important to have peer support, to have people, you know, to feel like you're part of a community all trying to lead in this way together. So when it's hard, you're there for each other in that support. You know, you're there for each other to bounce ideas off. You're there for each other to challenge each other too. It is really hard because you will be exposed. You will be exposed. You are asking, not telling you know that's a, a really important thing for me about you respect people just because you're the leader and you can tell people what to do and you can instruct no i'm asking you not to do that i'm asking you to ask people to do things mm. i'm asking you to see them where they are i'm asking you to be honest when you don't know the answer mm. you know that exposes you but it will connect people with you and it will connect people with you in in a different way you know and it does increase impact and productivity because people will thrive in that space they feel safe they feel supported they feel heard your people will thrive Mm. you know and i know this from experience and we know this you know there are other people talking about leadership of this style Mm. i'm not saying anything new i just want to encourage people to say honestly it does Mm. it does help people it does help people to grow Mm. it does help people to be their best self and I think I like with how you're speaking about it and even in this what it's been like 15 minutes there is an energy about how you speak about this which invites me and I'm sure invites listeners to begin to experience it more and as a result have the feelings that come with experience and I often say that to clients it's like 
you know, nobody has to take anyone's word for anything, but even going into the office today or Monday, yes. whenever that is, and actually seeing what's the difference inside of you when you actually say in a boardroom, I don't know the answer. Yes. Right. So there might be some initial discomfort, but there, there, it, it's kind of impossible for you not to feel good in that moment as well, because there's a humility that comes with. And I think for me, when I sit around a table and the person that says that, I'm always a bit intrigued. I'm like, oh, I'd love to know more about them or they've, they've got confidence in themselves. Yes. Like people are, so it's almost like this old age of, you know, being the person that knows everything and that holds a ship together. It, it, is, it is dying down, which, which is a good thing. It has to die down, you know, building trust and confidence, isn't it? If you embody mm. it, you build it. And I think that's the thing that like you give in that example of when you see someone doing that, it, it gives you a confidence as well. Mm. And I think that's the thing as a leader, isn't that what you want to do? Do you mm. not want to build confidence in your teams? Of course you do, because you need them to deliver the work that you need them to do. Mm. Do you want to be telling everybody step by step by step by step by step what to do? Of course you don't. That's why you burn out. Mm. You know, you want to empower your people. You're bringing in the best people. You want to keep them. You know, you want to retain them and you want to help them to grow. And because you, I think the thing is as well, this is a snowball effect in my mind. Great leaders create great leaders. Brave leaders will create brave leaders. People mm. will embody what you do because they will trust you and they'll see what's happening to you and the results you're getting. Mm. And they will do it. Mm. So that's why the, you know, taking one step at a time. I love what you just said about, you know, being the, having the confidence, maybe I hope from this conversation mm. to, to just give something a try. Yeah. It really is because even if it doesn't go right, what was it that didn't go right for you? What didn't feel good? Be yeah. brave enough to talk about that too. Yeah, and I think, you know, we're obviously talking about this in a, in, in a work-related context, mm -hmm. but I mean, if we look at our family units, you know, we're all in some capacity, we're leading a group. And I know for me to turn around and say to my kids, I got that wrong. You know, I'm sorry. That's yes. huge. Yes. Um, I still really struggle with my husband, but I try. <laughs> Sometimes I just have to text it. Sorry. <laughs> but it's so true. And I think, you know, this is me. This is who I am. And I, I said about the thing about bringing your authentic self to work is something that I'm very passionate about. Be true to yourself. Mm. Be who you are. There's two reasons why I say that. One is because you cannot be your best if you're being fake. Mm -hmm. You just can't. Mm -hmm. you, it's too much hard work putting on an act all the time. And also, there's such a big conversation about inclusion at the moment. Mm. And if you are brave enough to hold your organization to account, you know, and say, you know, I want to feel like, you know, I, I belong. Mm. You know, you need to do more about inclusion. If you're not being your real self, who is it they're trying to include? Yeah. You know, it's not going to be you. You're not, you're not going to be happy because they're looking at the fake person mm. or persona, if I use that word, you're bringing to work. You know, so let's be brave enough together to be our true selves at work because mm. it will help our organisations if they are committed to inclusion to be including us. Mm. you know and I know you had Owen on I loved that episode yeah. about belonging really Owen's powerful brave. conversation but yeah. it's so true isn't it yeah it's so true so our commitment to I would say as an individual is to be yourself and to show up as your true self because people do see that mm. and it will encourage them to do it especially if you're in a leadership role but when you touched on about your children yeah you know um I speak to my children a lot about mutual respect. Mm. 
So like what you said, if I ask my children to do something like no phones at the table, mm. I'm not having my phone at the table. If I ask my children not to shout, I'm not shouting. Yeah. So even though I'm the one in charge, I try and speak to them and we speak in that way and I speak with them because mm. it's trying to help them to understand if I'm asking you to do something, this is why. Mm. You know, yes, I can instruct you, but I'm not. I'm asking mm. you. So mm. I'm being brave. You know, my children could say, sod you, I'm, <laughs> I'm not yeah. doing this. <laughs> yeah. But actually, I hope by explaining, mm. we, we're in a space where there's mutual respect, mutual mm. respect for our home, mutual respect for each other, you know, mutual respect for our each of our individual values. Yeah. It's harder. It's harder. And I think what's really important about this piece as well is we can tend to segment, you know, I go, it, it's wonderful. I, I get up in the morning and I go to work and I'm, this wonderful version of myself, you know, when I come home and everybody else gets the worst. Yeah. So I think yeah. it is important that we reflect on the values that you're speaking about and the quality that we want to bring to our relationships and yes. our interactions across every part of our life. And yes, we will mess up, but at least we know what we messed up on yes. and we start again and we yeah. go over. And I think, you know, I, I know I find it interesting. I'll often reflect on at the end of a particular day or week, if it's gone really well or if, I'd ha if I've had the opportunity to have several interactions where I've just been very comfortable in my own skin and mm -hmm. I felt great and that's wonderful. Then I'm also intrigued by there's those moments where there's something about, which I'm taking ownership for, mm -hmm. there's something about the environment or the energy or the dynamic whereby I just go, God, Janae, what did, that was just not you there. <laughs> what? So, so it, and, and, I, and I bring that up because we are faced with many of yes. these examples. And, and, you know, is it to say, is this something we should strive for to say that? What is that thing that enables us to bring that same self to every interaction? But I do find that I don't know whether it's that I'm mirroring something or I'm assuming mm -hmm. something about mm -hmm. another person. Um, but I'll notice afterwards that it just is not a nice feeling. I don't yeah. know if you can relate to that. Def 100%. I had one of those conversations last week. Yeah. So I had exactly that. Maybe it's what people badge imposter syndrome, right? It rises up. And I say what people badge because I've, my own view is imposter syndrome, when you, when you give it a label, you're almost holding on to it. Yeah. But I do understand and appreciate mm. that feeling of, I don't feel comfortable here. I'm not meant mm. to be here. Mm. You know, mm. Actually, how often do we know or do we ask that person we're interacting with or the meeting we're in, how do we know other people around the table are not having those same mm. feelings? We don't know. It's all in our mind, mm -hmm. isn't it? You know, one of the best things my coach taught me was a thought is just a thought is just a thought. Mm. And sometimes our thoughts are so powerful, we show up in a way that, who was that? Yeah. <laughs> what happened there? That wasn't me. And yeah. I think just, it doesn't mean you don't feel scared. Because I think that, you know, what I said, that feeling in your tummy, the feeling of feeling scared... This isn't, brave leadership isn't about you wash away feelings of fear. It's not that. Mm. Fear will come on all, I have fears all the time, you mm. know. It's about what's my approach to dealing with that. Mm. And as you say, digging into myself sometimes to go, well, do you know what? This might go left, it might go wrong, but I'm going to show up as me. Mm. And when I haven't, forgiving myself, but acknowledging it. Exactly. It's the acknowledging of yeah. it. Because it can be easy to also blame the environment or the other people or and to your point it's like uh, you know and I think when I was really in the um 
I was going to say, in the thick of the courage to be. So recording a lot of conversations, mm -hmm. doing a lot of reading on the, just, just, I guess it's a topic that I really care about. But I would walk into a room and just flip my perspective and say, everybody in here is concerned or worried about kind of being accepted or yes. liked. And all of a sudden it was like, me, me, me went into the background. Yes. And you have a conversation with someone with an assumption that they're, feeling a little bit nervous or yes. they're wondering if you like them or yes. if you're if you're going to accept them and now that may not be fully true but I found that I showed up in a much more caring yes a much more empathetic way when I was less in my self-conscious me 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 space it's so 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 true you know and it, it reminds what you just shared reminds me of um me me saying that I feel scared many times you mm. know what do you do then so we were both just talking about wasn't it practical insights yeah. And that's a practical thing you've done. I used to have to chair big meetings in my old role. Mm. And um, I remember I was good at it. I always got feedback. I was good at it, but I'd always feel, oh, am I going to land this? Am I going to connect <laughs> yeah. the dots for everyone? Is it going to work? And I remember when I used to have to do it in big stakeholder meetings, room full of CEOs, I would pretend, I'd either pretend I was a teacher and they were my students. Mm. And I just instantly relaxed. I'm the subject matter expert here and I'm just guiding you through this topic, mm -hmm. you know? Or if it was a really difficult meeting, I would imagine the room naked and I was dressed. Interesting. <laughs> and it's yeah. just, you, it throws the dynamic because yeah. I'm all right. I've got my clothes off. Yeah. You're massively exposed. <laughs> and it would yeah. just help my psyche. It would just help yeah. my psyche. It would really just, you know, when, like I said, you're almost, you know you're going to fluff your lines. Mm. Just getting into that space. Those two techniques, especially in one regular meeting I had to lead on, one of the CEOs was a bully. Mm. And she went for me a few times. And that thing of imagining someone naked really, really, really helped mm. me to be brave. Because mm. it's easy to talk about this, but when you are in that hot seat, when you are standing up, when you have, a, it doesn't matter how many people, you could be leading one person, but when you're in the space all of what we're talking about can sometimes go out of the window yeah and it can really affect your communication Absolutely. i guess that's something that i notice as well in my conversations on the podcast like here i'm feeling incredibly relaxed yes um and i, I spoke about my conversation with owen as well there's something about i mean his book is belonging so i yeah. think he naturally evokes a real strong sense of belonging but even in these corporate settings for people who are listening i'm sure they've plenty of examples to reflect back and go i just i just blubbered through the meeting I lost my words yes. and that comes from, because it's when we're not in our body we can't make those That's we can't right. communicate That's you know? right. so I think it has this ripple effect which is then feels like a confidence issue yes but it's coming back to this sense of just being a little bit at peace yes. with who it is we are yes so so true and mm. I think to and that's why I think it's important to be honest it's not easy but it's not impossible mm. you know and that's why I want to be able, you know, I really genuinely want to encourage and support as many people as I can yeah. to lead bravely. Yeah. You know, that is why I know it's right, but I also want to encourage and support them being honest that it's tricky too. Mm -hmm. So you made a big change mm. a few months ago, so maybe that would be nice to um, explore and also, I guess, how this new mm. stage is for <laughs> you. <laughs> Yeah, so I left the, I had a 20 year career in the NHS in healthcare. I started as a PA and worked my way up to a board level exec director role. So for the last five years in my career there, I was a board level director of strategy and transformation. 
Um, but what I knew was I, I when I realised that oh these are my you know these this is what I'm good at mm. this is what I'm really good at, um, and I started to think more and more about okay it's not just the the changes we're making within the organisation or in the system, really it's about the people, isn't it? And mm. it's, it's the influencing people to change. We know this. It's about looking after the people, whether that's the people we served in terms of providing care or the people we serve, the communities or the people we serve as the staff. Mm. And so it, I just started to get that thing of, I want to do more of this and I need to do it on a wider scale. It's, I'm not going to have enough impact in one organization or in one system. Mm. If I really believe in this and I'm frustrated mm. by some of the bureaucracy and the kind of stuff we have to work in, I'm gonna put up or shut up. Yeah. Which one is it? So that kind of feeling also I've got three children. Mm. My job was extremely busy, you know, and I'm a work hard, play hard person. So I knew that um, I always want to work, I like working, but I wanted more of a balance, a better mm. balance to parent in the way that I want to parent. It wasn't about, you know, uh, having nannies and having help and stuff, that's fine, but I'm their mum. Mm. I want to be their mum. Mm. And I was finding it increasingly difficult to be the mum I wanted to be and deliver my role to the standard that I wanted to. Mm. So I think all of that kind of came into one place with, I'm gonna take some time out to just really think about what I want to do. So I didn't have a grand plan. Um, I just wanted to catch my breath and decide, is it a sabbatical? Is it going into another corporate space? Or is it just thinking about what I could do, you know, working for myself? And the leadership, thinking about leadership and supporting aspiring leaders and talking to organisations about what brave leadership looks like was just really pulling on me really pulling on me mm. um, and so over the summer I just started to put some things together to, and test it to say mm. you know this is what I think is the right things to be talking about and more importantly this is how I think we should mm. be talking about things mm. so I'm very real I keep mm. it simple mm. you know and I wanted to be able to actually talk to audiences in my way mm. um, because people tell me it resonates with them people tell me that they feel inspired people tell me they feel motivated most importantly, people tell me they feel supported to step forward, mm. to take that action, to make that change. So for me, it was about, okay, well, how can I support more people and more organisations in this way? So setting up the consultancy, I'm frightened. Mm. It's massively brave. I don't understand all of that. <laughs> yeah. I'm learning fly by night. We were laughing about how I said, do I record my podcast with my son's gaming headphones <laughs> yeah. and my rusty old laptop in my kitchen? Yeah. I edit it, but I learned how to do it because yeah. I'm determined. So I'm a mm. determined person. So I knew, I, I find this frustrating, but I'm determined. If that's the route that I need to take to get some of this stuff out there, mm. I'm going to do it. So I'm just on this journey of seeing if I can make this work. And that is the honest truth. Mm. But if I'm asking you to be brave, Sinead, if I'm asking your audience to be brave, then I'm going to be brave too. Yeah. You know, I've kind of got to take my own medicine. Yeah. yeah. And how has it been? How, how, I guess we talk a lot as well on the podcast about yeah. transitions and the first yes. stage and the second yes. stage and the third stage. And sometimes we want to jump to the third stage with a new <laughs> beginning, crack open the champagne. And then it's like, oh God. Um, and I always remember the second stage. So the first stage being like the death of something that's gone mm -hmm. and an old mm -hmm. um, experience, even if that was something you were very ready to leave. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. parts that leave mm -hmm. with that mm -hmm. um, that you miss. And then there's like the neutral phase 
which I always really struggle with, which is okay, nothing's like kind of waiting yeah. for that, yeah, yeah. that, that spark. Yeah. Where, where do you feel you are? So I feel like I'm, I'm coming into the third stage. Okay. That's how I feel. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really good point you made. Um, my guilt was really, really extreme about mm. leaving my team. I even feel like I want to cry now. That's yeah. how I feel. Wow. I feel like so, I just, we had work to do you know and my team I was there to protect my team and support my team and nurture my team and I left them mm. you know I left them in the heat of the moment mm. I left my exec colleagues in the heat of the moment and as much as I explained why and as much as I knew that was right for me I still feel that mm. so leaving well I worked on for nine to 15 months I started off with a plan with my coach I left it for six months and then I started to put it into action. Mm. And, and I had to do that to be able to leave. Mm. So I think you're so right about that kind of what you leave behind. Mm. It may make sense logically, but emotionally, it, it was really, really mm. hard for me. Really mm. hard. I think the neutral phase, I most probably haven't had it yet. I bet you I get it next. <laughs> because I just, <laughs> I just jumped into this. I'm going to start talking about this and that about leadership. Do you know what I mean? I just went, boom. <laughs> You might, I, you might be someone who skips the middle phase. I think I might come down. No, I might have a come down at the end of the year going like, oh, okay, the novelty's worn off now, the energy's yeah. gone, what's yeah. happened? Yeah, yeah. So I kind Both of just new yeah. material, you know, and that's why yeah. I say it's like, to your point, it's like if you're saying, you know, it, it's almost like when our lens in life changes to think, oh, this is interesting, this is like really crap right now, what's what what what's in this what yeah. can I take from this what can I learn from this yeah. and I know it's a cliche as it may sound and I was listening to wonderful John O'Donoghue again last night who I think I probably speak about in every podcast <laughs> so. but he was talking about the beautiful thing about um suffering is you know that there's going to be an end to yes. a suffering and something good has to yes. happen so I think yeah. in all of these phases yes. you know something comes out yeah. the other end um but I would love to revisit this conversation in a few months' time yeah. and see where it's all going. Is there anything that you'd like to share in terms of the work you're doing now yeah. or some of the aspirations that you have for that? Yeah, so I think um, definitely would please do share my podcast with your mm. listeners, yeah. Be Yourself, Back Yourself and Make It Happen with Monique Carriol. So exactly what I've been touching on with you today, Sinead, it really is about sharing practical, my practical insights mm. and experience of leading bravely you know, how I navigated my career, so career progression. But as I said, me talking, real talk, simple talk, yeah. but just hopefully sharing information and insights that help people on that journey, you know, and just encouraging, almost providing that kind of virtual brave leadership community. Um, it is about Watch This Space, because I said I've just started the consultancy, so some of the things I do want to do is a brave leadership community and really taking that larger mm. and more widely. And also I'm doing some work on our leadership development programs because as I said, there's a lot out there but not in the way that I would like to work with people yeah. and especially about supporting organisations to look at how they are retaining their talent, mm -hmm. especially their diverse talent. And I think um, it's, a it's a space that I really would like to work with more people and organisations with. And when I say diverse talent, I mean diverse by gender, by race, mm -hmm. by background by age as well my gosh that's so important but helping organizations to understand how leading bravely can support them with retaining their talent mm. and helping their talent to develop and grow 
which benefits the organisation. So really want to do some more work in that space. Mm. So it'd be lovely to speak with yeah. you again in a few months' time and see how that's getting on. Let's do that. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If there's something that you've heard in this episode that has resonated with you, or perhaps you think it could benefit someone else, then please do share this link or start the conversation. If you haven't done so already, click on the subscribe button in your listening app. And as always, I really value your feedback. So please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And for more information, full show notes, links and resources, you can pop over to my website, SineadMillard.com. See you next time back here on The Courage To Be.